Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Thrown Out, where Tony is drunk. Hello, Tony. I'm not drunk yet, but I probably will be very soon, because this is 9.5% that I've drunk half of it already, and not eaten for about five hours. Uh, Tonight we are joined by our Lord and Master, Andrew Stashrank. Hello. And in our full HD Ethernet camera output input, shake it all about, Gary Kitten. Hello. Me. And I'm bright till I fly, Jack. How's oh, it thanks. going, everyone? Thanks. What about me? Bonjour. Yes. Cheers. Hi. What? You we were just... the first. Have you literally got dementia? Yeah, I was like, I'm I just wanted him to. I just drunk. wanted Frank to do the thing. Yeah, we've already had to do it once before we even came on oh, air because Tony, Tony tried to describe what day of the week it was and forgot. So we had to put that <laughs> sign up. Cheers. Oh my word! Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I don't normally just... drink Thursdays, only Fridays, but apparently there's a storm coming in. I probably won't be working tomorrow. I watched one of your Instagrams and <laughs> on one page it was raining and I was like, oh, it's typical for Tony, isn't it? Trying to do his job. And then the next page was you going screaming, oh my God, it's getting worse. And what I could only describe was <laughs> oh, like this was full so on bad. river down. He was filming out of his um, windshield Man, of yeah. his van. And it was just like a river running. You couldn't see anything. It did look like you just had your hose from your pole feeds just running it down was, your windscreen. No, it was about genuinely 10 of rain. It was rain. <laughs> it was so bad. I had two jobs left for the day as well. Literally had two jobs left and it fucking pissed down. Oh. Uh, Let's drone out. Available on Twitch. That is my first <laughs> notification. It's only started. It's only oh, now. We, just we started. Yeah, we're on Twitch. It's only just now letting me know that we are live on Twitch. That's not too bad, Delay. Simulcasting. I know. <laughs> I see we it, could even it? go on LinkedIn if we wanted to. There's, there's that what? Is there a live LinkedIn? No way, really. <laughs> no one would ever employ us ever again if we did that. I don't know what would happen. Would I start getting job offers for strange <laughs> podcasting stuff? Oh, we get those already. That's, Shiny yeah, video stuff. It's nine point five percent. Pretty funny. strong. It tastes really nice, but but Tony, before was it before London flooded? I think you you were yes. out flying 
I did. I went mountain biking and flying. Uh, I haven't flown at the same, at the same time. time. <laughs> well, I did challenge him to that the other week. The challenge didn't I? was there, but I was like, no, this I can't do this. So no, I bought. I walked up half the trail, sat and wait for my mates to go up to the top. And then filmed them going down a couple of times and was like, come on, do it again, lads, get back up there. And they pushed up and then filmed them again, looked back at the footage, and then it was on time lapse for the first two runs. So that didn't work. Oh, no. All they had to do is press the top button, but somehow, you know, it got pressed on there and moved it along to time lapse. GoPro, if you're listening to this, can we please have the ability to turn on and off modes? Yeah, in our camera, it, in the set, it was, it was very, so very much better. Like, um, why would you ever want that? And then, um, and then I filmed them again, and it was um, getting getting a little bit dark. But um, we watched back the footage; it was just literally the top of their heads, because they were going too slow down the trail. And I was, like, I was behind them, but the angle I had to go faster because I've got a 25 degree. So ended up swapping out the um, let's play adventure, put it up quick because I forgot what it is. Is it a GoPro mount, Tony? Yes, thank Didn't you. you Swap the GoPro mount to uh, from a 25 to about a 15 and um, got them in shot. So I managed to, you know, be able to go the same speed behind them and keep them in shot. Um but I've decided I need some CBs as well. I'm going to buy some walkie-talkies because it was like, Freddie, yeah, go, I'm coming. And it was just all for about 10 seconds of footage. So it was just, I don't know. It was all right. It was quite cool flying in um, flying in the tree, down in the woods with the DJI set up because literally you could see everything. Just felt so comfortable. It felt fine. It was good. If I was uh, analog in it, I wouldn't have liked it very much. But that was my flying, and that's all I've done within this week. So but um, yeah, I mean, I was I just saw in the uh, chat. Caroline said she's just made a, a second three and a half thousand milliamp hour Lion pack for the two fifty gram. And combined with talking about mm, chasing mountain bikes, reminded me of a conversation I had recently, I think on the the Dorset uh, Drone Club Facebook group, which is where, where my parents are based, so I joined that group. Um, I saw one guy posted the latest, or maybe probably not latest anymore, but posted an extract video um that he recently released saying kind of like uh, spotters shouldn't always be required. Um, like 250 gram things are safe for all these situations. So why should they need a spotter um, kind of thing? And um, I was just kind of saying on there, like, you know, something that's safe in some situations might not be safe in other situations. Like a 250 gram quad in a clearing in the middle of nowhere is going to be fine. But if it's in that same clearing, but there happens to be a load of, you know, a, like a high speed downhill mountain bike track that goes through that clearing, then it's not going to be safe anymore. No, but 
if you're speaking with them and you're actually chasing them and they're like, you know, they're involved with it and they know what's going on, you've like organized stuff with them, then it will be safe again. And it's like to try and capture all that level of detail in rules that are actually specific enough to deal with it, then like it's 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 impossible to have everything explicitly written out for every possible case whilst also being readable and like not a million miles long of bits of paper. It, it can't be done, but they're not willing to say, please use common sense and don't endanger people. Well, I think that's don't the problem. Don't endanger people, vehicles or buildings. It's, it's subjective, hmm. but I, I, I kind of think... In the olden days, where they didn't have to overregulate everything, they, that that would have been okay. But in this new new time of super enlightenment and wokeness, everything has to be very explicit, and everything is incredibly dangerous. Mm. And we have to respect everybody's feelings, even if they're not there. They might get offended if we're flying on a clearing. It's yeah. kind of all philosophical. <laughs> if if a quad flies on a clearing and no one's there to hear it do they still get offended and the answer is yes they're outraged for some reason we don't know why well that's that's kind of my, my that was my point on it was like if you're in a clearing where there's there's nothing about and there's no chance of anyone coming there then there's no one to enforce it so what are you complaining about um like, yeah, but you've made a because you've, if you've you then a make video. a video and put it on youtube they'll say illegal have him arrested he's endangering the grass mm. yeah that's fair. But it's... Actually, you made this argument against me once, Frank, where I said, I think long range or beyond line of sight is completely reasonable given the circumstances of you're in open field, there's nobody there. And you said, well, what if the medical emergency helicopter has to Well, that, that was why I was saying below tree level, in a clearing below tree level. Cause, yes, uh, but a helicopter would have to land below tree level. Well, yeah, but if it's, you know, that's why I'm saying a clearing. To me, a clearing is not like somewhere a helicopter is going to be landing. But, yeah, I... I, <laughs> I feel a clearing is like from a certain point outwards <laughs> because it becomes clear. I, I think if it's big enough for a, a helicopter to land in, it's not really a clearing, it's a field. I don't know. It's, it's lots, lots I've of seen helicopters land in some cool places. And yeah. literally, there's a forest, and they've gone down and landed on pallets. I've I've sent links to that video before, which is just wow! I can't believe you can land in there. But um, I don't know. I think I think it's it's good to have a spot oh if you can have one, but with a little quad like that, is it necessary really all the time? Any views or opinions <laughs> expressed on this show are truly personal. <laughs> and do I, not I, think, the I think the spotter is perhaps the most commonly broken rule. Um, and there's still, as I mean, as as Bruce says, there's there's still a lack of people being constantly killed because we haven't got a spotter. Um, it, it, it always strikes me as well that spotters... Um, if you're more than sort of 200 meters away, then a spotter can't see the depth well enough to say you're getting close to this person here. I mean, in in certain areas, 
it's especially if walkers use the field, it's very handy because they can just alert you to the fact that a mountain bike has come in the field or uh, some walkers have come down there and they can just alert you to it or help. Well, there's a very friendly dog, dog about to yeah. jump up on the you. The good old dog. You, you can no longer <laughs> land because the owner has not got its dog under control and it's jumping around. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I just don't see it. It's, right, it's, Robin, it's, Robin is shouting this. Uh, Robin what. says that you don't need a spotter in the UK under Article 16M. I don't know if he meant to do M or whether that was just meant to be punctuation. Um, maybe. I don't know. I haven't read it. He's become lazy in his beardy old age. He doesn't read <laughs> yeah. stuff anymore. Well, Put there's just Got so like the, the legislation was like condensed down into minimal amount of documents and I was following it. And then they decided, actually, we're going to spread it everywhere and have loads and loads of documentation spread across loads of documents all over again and make it even more impenetrable. And I just gave up and decided I can't be bothered. So but we rely on you. Don't. Well, the the pilot is responsible any, for anymore. ensuring the legality and safety of his own flight. Oh God. Can I just take a can of beer and say, sorry, officer, I was drinking an inch. <laughs> I mean, you can try. Seem, no, you know, I, really I think a £50 note is you know, the usual Tony method that seems to work better. But... Yeah, no, the, we, there was a handy link in the chat, and it, it links to fbvuk.org. And it says, um, when the rules changed on 31st December 2020, this authorization came into effect and allows association members to enjoy privilege beyond the new US rules, such as flying FPV without a competent observer for each drone in a sterile area, such as a race location. Uh, sterile area, I guess, is your subjective point there. From my, well, from vague memories of when sterile area was originally being. Uh, sort of discussed. It was basically a secure area where it was reasonable to expect that no one could access it. So it's not just like an empty field in the middle of nowhere, but it's an empty field with fences where like a caged area. Oh, and then point two of that one just says flying FPV without oh with a competent observer. How is that? Uh, enjoy privilege such as flying FPV with a competent observer. Surely that does say you have to use a competent observer. I'm confused. Yeah, and then as as Robin says, there's the additional issue of how are the police meant to be able to know the intricacies of what you're actually allowed to be doing? Like, are you allowed to do this or not? Um, and then you're having to defend yourself to the police. Is it's a mess and I've given up. It's not interesting to me anymore. I don't care. <laughs> it's, a, it's a question, though. Do you, I don't think many people have come into contact with the police where the police are like, you're doing it wrong. I've got my scales. I can tell you over 250 grams. Is it generally the fact that someone reports a video on YouTube to the CAA and the CAA uh, then investigate and decide if you've broken the law based on the video you've posted? I don't know. I mean, I've I've, I've definitely multiple times had police come up to where I've been flying, 
Um, says he's yeah, flying next to a prison. You live in London, near a prison where people get stabbed. Well, yeah, dead. but dead. they, you know, the, that, that was, was more a question of what wall. the what the rules were at that particular site. Like, as long as we were flying within those rules, they were happy. Um, because there was a board with some rules on that you could point to and go, look, those are the rules. Um, Let's take a board round with us. Yeah, just bring a board with you <laughs> and just say, this just is a, a... Nail it into the ground every time area. you fly yeah, and say, the, the local bylaws yeah. of this area are that it's you're allowed to fly just as here. relevant as the sign saying no drove flying here, because unless the landowner has said you can't come on or there's a bylaw... Then it's it's not really a law, it's just a sign. But if it's a sign that's put there by the landowner saying, "Don't if play it's a sign that's put there by the landowner," that, that's one thing. But that's it's like sometimes has there, has there been a spate of other signs being put up by other people then? No, but I think we should start doing it. Agreed. Take your own sign with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to put one up. There's like you know, in your local park where there's good play parks for doing whooping, just put a sign up saying no children. <laughs> no <laughs> under 18. Something like that. 50 quid. Yeah. Mum's yeah. the word. Oh, dear. That would work. That's amazing. How are you, Jack? Uh, I'm all right. Why? <laughs> just asking. You've been, out to, you've been out for a fly? No. Digby Down was busy Tuesday. So I'm being out. No mm. children. Yeah, no children off leashes. <laughs> children, <laughs> children must be kept on leads at all times. <laughs> Speaking of people in the park, Curry Kitten, I watched your latest video of Open oh, HD. It, yeah. yeah, no worries about 250 gram limits there. Oh, no. no, you do have to worry about children stealing your car, though. It's, Did that it's, happen? <laughs> no, but I can just imagine, like you know, little little children of wonder when this apparently magic car drives past them and there's no one there. They're like, "I'm having that. That's a magic car. That is, <laughs> yay!" That's, that's why I just sent Sophie with me. I said, "Look, anybody, it's dodgy with it. You go and punch them or something. That'll sort it." But yes, this was the the follow up Open HD video where I attempted to. Is this a follow-up 10 months later? Is it, yeah. It's been a while, wasn't it? It's been a while. We had the whole pandemic thing going on, and then I couldn't walk for a long time, and just some other stuff was happening. But, yeah, I went back and I tried to fix some of the problems I had, like I wanted to be able to use goggles so I could see because that little seven-inch screen was great unless you're outside and then it's just a reflective <laughs> thing. So, and then we didn't record it very well last time. So I wanted a way of recording it. So we, we ditched the, the seven inch screen. I put the pine, a little printed case. I've got HDMI directly from that into some 1080p goggles. Um, I found out how to do, uh, ethernet over USB so I can tether it to my, um, and Android pad. And that stopped any interference with the Wi-Fi hotspot. So I think we've got it as good as we can do. Uh, although I've cocked up some of the iNav programming 
it would seem. So the compass was going mental and returned to home, did this really interesting thing where it turned the camera towards home and then drove off in the opposite direction, (laughs) (laughs) which is a good way of getting, it's almost like an automated mode. It's like, I want to see myself driving away. It's like, return home. (laughs) But that was, that was quite good. So I, I just check check I can fix those things and then it's on to it's on to flying stuff next. Now I'm I'm happy with the config. Um I've got the old the F four fifty, get that back out, um, update iNav on that and go out because I've got a normal FPV setup on that. So I'll go out and test that properly. We'll make sure we get position hold and return to homework so it generally flies okay. And then it shouldn't because I, I used it because it's so big. You know what a four fifty is, it's got that mm. space like this big. I can easily just chuck an extra pie in there and a camera and see what happens. But I've had a couple of useful suggestions from other people using FPV about the types of uh, much better cameras that will work for a pie because the little camera that works for pie, it's it's really made for like a little indoor webcam. So it's got no wide dynamic range. It's kind of like, do you remember when we started out with really bad security cameras and if you point at the sky, everything's black so you yeah. ended up sort of pointing down all the time just so you can see what's happening. It's like that. It's not very good. So there's there's stuff to do. But I think it's still it's still quite exciting. And um what's happening at the moment, it's it's a side it's not part of OpenHD, but there's been it's got OpenHD's blessing. But what has happened, uh, some guys have started up uh, an idea, and I think um the guy we had on a couple of weeks ago, who I've forgotten his name already, mentioned this. <laughs> Who was it? I've Come got on, to know on, Frank. Howling. If I get the less play dementia, when I forget, <laughs> play dementia. Frank's looking well. at his spreadsheet. Thank you. Find <laughs> on the spreadsheet. What he mentioned is the uh, some guys have made a Patreon page, um, rather than it's not like um, a Kickstarter or anything, and they're trying to raise funds to do a design for a specialised board that will basically act in a similar way to the Paidu, but like dedicated hardware to get much better um, compression, decompression on the images so you can reduce the latency and have it all smaller. Because although a Pi Zero, like you can pick up for a fiver, is dirt cheap and stuff, but it's not convenient. It's not convenient to install or wire in or anything else. So if we bring that down, shrink it up, that, that might be interesting. So I'll try and touch base with those guys for the next video just to see where they are and, if they've got anything going yet, I think that'd be quite interesting. Hmm. Yes, is is Belric who is shiny video stuff in the chat? I believe. Aha. Okay. Ah. I remember you. He's very very good at explaining things and talking nicely. He should be part of the crew, I think. Maybe. Be I back. think FX Node was uh, suggesting an FPGA, field programmable gate array. I suspect. Yes, mm-hmm. that, that would be the obvious chip to use because then you can have basically program the chip just to be able to basically do compression or decompression very quickly and it doesn't have to run an operating system. So what, what the Pi is doing is just like it's running Linux and we're also saying um, just turn this into H.264 and then chuck it over the network link, can you, which is obviously, yeah, it does it reasonably quickly but there is a end-to-end delay of about 100 milliseconds. Somebody mm. asked me if I could see a delay in the goggles. And if you've seen the video, driving over grass in a car, it's like bouncy, 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 bouncy. <laughs> Tony, you've got a Tamiya 
truck, haven't you? You know how they go around. You put yeah. an FPV camera on it. You like you could have crossfire on it, and you could have <laughs> two hundred milliseconds delay. You're looking through the goggles. You can't tell the yeah, difference. No, yeah. It's the things just going all over the place, and you're going, oh, oh, my eyes. Yeah, I don't think it would work. the the other The other thing that I was kind of reminded about when you're talking about sort of using some slightly different hardware after kind of prototyping it with the Raspberry Pi. Um, was the the rotor hazard project, um, which was or is I think an ongoing project, sort of building on the the Delta Fives, uh, which were the sort of race timing systems where you had like a uh, RX fifty oh eight fifty eight oh eight receiver chip plugged into an Arduino Nano, and then you had uh, you had like eight of those. And then you plugged all those Arduino nanos into a Raspberry Pi, and then the Raspberry Pi was kind of putting everything together and, and feeding stuff out again, either to like screens or to uh, lap. What's it called? Lap race lap oh, timer no, or whatever it's called. Hold on. <laughs> Frank, do it to yourself, please. Yeah, um, and mm. sort of they've come up with a. Uh, a version of that sort of they've gradually kind of got more um specific hardware so they've come up with their own pcb so now they're having just a board that takes all the 5808s directly and there's just one stm32 chip that's speaking to all of those and it's, it's quite interesting to see kind of how they're you know getting kind of more specific hardware which is cheaper to sort of make a whole thing, but it's been more expensive, I guess, to kind of develop it the whole way. Um, and it's quite interesting to see kind of how that has come about. But the the rotor hazard stuff is quite impressive. Uh, Winterblue is suggesting we should get Cerberus on to talk about it, and I would like to know more. Um, it is quite cool, kind of as another open source hardware. I think that's safe to say, open source hardware projects. Um, it's you know quite interesting, and they they were incorporating not only the analog stuff but the DJI stuff as well, and yeah, it's it's quite interesting what they're doing there. Talking of DJI stuff, did it, has everyone seen our friends Andy RC's um, new camera for the mm. day? Oh, the night Dying vision, night. pretty good, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, Especially for a good. HD camera. What is it, the Polaris or something? Is that what it's um, called? I can't remember. Let's play the venture. Let's put it. That was for all of us. No, no, I, I, I think I can. I think that's what it was called. CC3D for the win. I know. Ne- <laughs> negotiations broke down regards uh, r- regards getting that frame. Oh, Caroline says polar. Caroline. <laughs> I'll go with. I'll go with C over. B. <laughs> I feel we've lost Tony to drink now. That's it. No, no. Why? Why? I go with C over B. But you're starting Come to on. slur and look really happy with yourself for loading two letters the up. I go with Carolyn over Brian to our fly. Come on. That's anyone can work that out. Jesus. Oh dear. I think it's called what C said and not what B said. Well, I am a bit lazy. It's quite yeah. strong that bit. <laughs> He's in the happy phase before he goes to the uh, just a sleep phase. 
<laughs> Caroline had this interesting video on her, her mini talon where her um her VTX just failed. And um so it was a case of RTH and then landing it um very expertly line of sight and she just found out she was putting too many amps through the uh through the module. Yeah, through the Matex seven two two. Uh, which is why it's worth watching Caroline's videos because she puts some good ones in there, and she's I'm, had some exciting crashes that. as well, as well as successful flights. <laughs> is, <laughs> is that the F seven two two? Is that the is that the same as like the <clears throat> is that is that the one with a really bad regulator on it, single board? Don't know. I can't remember. I've got uh, an F four eleven WSD ready to install. Oh, on my hey, little hey, hey. dementia. He doesn't. Do you want to read that out, Frank? Burrick uh, slash shiny video stuff says he's sub to the OpenHD Patreon. The latest update shows that they have a camera design and a larger development board to experiment with the chipset before shrinking it. Sounds Ooh. exciting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I will try and talk mm. to them before I do my next video just to let people know what's going on because mm -hmm. one of the problems about looking at open HD and showing videos about it is people don't have much forward thinking idea about like, Oh, but this isn't as good as DJI, is it? Therefore it, it must be rubbish. It's like, well, this is early. And then as they develop, it can get better. Is it on 5.8 or 2.4? What the, it depends which um, module you use and ah. it can do either. The, the one I use is on 5.8, mm. which makes me think I should piddle around with the antennas because there's just a couple of linear poles at the moment. Oh, so yeah, like, maybe. It's, it's just, if it's uh, 5.8, must must be able to use like circular polarized things and do better. Totally. Seems reasonable. Of course. And you could use your return to home to mode to have like a reverse antenna tracker. Exactly. That would work really well. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. I could put the um the patch on the on the yeah. the rover. <laughs> this episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears. All thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. I think you were going to be the only person, at least so far, who was going to have OpenHD and bring it along to LDO now. So I'm, I'm slightly relieved that I don't have to worry about how we handle the frequency management with OpenHD versus everything else. But I am going to miss having you there, of course, but also... I would have quite liked to have seen the OpenHD in person. There is yeah. a couple of people in the chat who have said, what is LDO now? So Good segue. Tell them, Frank. I, I think yep. we need to have an explanation. Yep. So LDO now is a one-day event that we're holding in person on uh, August the 21st, which is a Saturday, uh, south of Guildford in Surrey, uh, in the south of England. Um, we're going to be there with a, a, a field. I mean, not quite a field. Um, there's a, a bit of woods. Uh, we're going to have a hut with some power and possibly some internet, if I can 
work out how to get some ethernet from where there is internet to where we'll be um and and a toilet as well on site i mean this is we're oh, talking no, about well, FPV luxury here. Excuse, exactly exactly um there's uh limited parking so we're having limited people coming um and i am having to get all the license plates so that the tractors don't just sort of take things Go into their own hands way. and start moving people around um uh so so don't don't just try and work it out and then turn up because that would be bad um but there is a sign up link that is for until this time next week it is Patreons only. Uh, I think I've I think I've got that right. And then, uh, but I, but it, I mean, it's two thirds full already, so you you might have to think about it. Uh, was LDO no intentionally timed to clash with Popham? No, I can honestly say that uh, it was uh, originally going to be sooner. Uh, but there was there was a request to push it back a bit, um, and this happened to work out for the venue as well. Could I uh, request to put it back again for the original date that I could come? Uh, no, because it's organised now with the venue. It's, the venue have signed fixed. off on it, so it's it's happening then. Sorry, it's fixed. Unlike I blame NJ name. for all of this. Yeah, <laughs> it's fault. Yeah, pretty much. Because um, yeah, there was there was. Three separate FPV people who got married on Monday. Um, wow. so. Yeah, big congratulations to our sexiest man on earth. Yeah, congratulations to NJ. Congratulations to Bradley or Boston if you met him at LDO Games. Um, uh, and congratulations to Russ, uh, Danger Russ, I believe. I think that's the right Russ. I like that, Ross. Danger, Ross. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so LDO No, currently sign up only on the Patreon. It will be released publicly if there's still spaces next week. Which probably will be spaces. <laughs> well, like I say, it's uh, it's two-thirds full already. So, okay. you know, mm. pushing it. Is it all levels of Patreon availability? Yes. So you you could sneak in there for a dollar or so. Yes. Hey. Possibly, I think. <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth your dollar, even if you do it for one month. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then hopefully forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so we keep the dollar, which helps us out because we do struggle. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll I'll see how we're doing on on the sign up. See if there's been any change because I haven't checked it today. Have a look, Frank. Have yeah. a look live. Exactly. I mean, what's what's the point of being live if you can't have a live update? Yeah. Uh, oh, we have had more sign ups. So there's there's only. Well, actually, yeah, I guess three quarters. And we can we you know, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, it's filling up fast. And what have we got? We've got 
Uh, 78.6% will be bringing analog uh, FPV. And they've all committed to smash up any DJI goggles anybody else has (laughs) to keep analog alive. 64.3% are bringing something that's line of sight. 35.7% are bringing something that's DJI. Someone's bringing some 1.3 stuff. Someone's bringing some DJI stuff. Is anyone bringing socks and sandals? Anyone signed up for socks and sandals? Well, line of sight, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that's what you mean. Um, and the looking at HD flying. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's super HD. Uh, the looking at kind of the things that people are interested in, so that we know sort of what to balance, uh, sort of what we put our time into. A hundred percent of people that have signed up uh, are interested in FPV freestyle. Uh, 71.4% are interested in long range and endurance 57.1% are interested in whoops Uh, then there's fixed wing wing racing x-class helis, crawlers Uh, we have some crawlers as well that's cool yeah there's there's quite a bit of interest in all sorts of different things Uh, it's a fun day yeah, uh, the most uh, sort of asked for thing is just social things. So it will mainly be a social hangout by the looks of the sign up. That's good to um, me. With a load of chat, with a bunch of flying, um, and hopefully seeing some cool stuff. I do like the requests for what people have asked for at the event. Uh, <laughs> just fly and chat, Jack. Watch Jack eat Tony. <laughs> Meh, drink, annoy Tony. That, that's <laughs> <laughs> most of them were Jack. Uh, there's there was only one of those per submission, so those are all separate people. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, I think it's best just to fill your car up with all your models, so when you crash yeah. them, you can just go get another one and start again. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Curry's not going to be able to make it though, is he? No. I was on. coming, and now I have to get my knee operated on on the twenty third, which means I have to quarantine beforehand. Boo! Indeed. Sorry. Oh man, Carl said. Carl Anderson said, "I wish I could make it from Canada." I know. He's uh, he's my 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 friend out there who I sent my backup quad. And he learned on the sim and flying FPV worryingly well. Good. <laughs> He's going to be better than me, me in like no time. Fair, that's cool. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, man, watching someone like grow. And it's a testament to the simulators because, mm. like, how me and Tony learned and probably Frank. Yeah. And, and obviously, Curry, is, yeah, was just. Absolutely horrendous of just crashing every five seconds. Yeah, cold so. days, windy, expensive props, <laughs> killing batteries as well. Killing batteries, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. I used to buy wood in B and Q for my 
tricopter arms you could get them in 3.6 meter lengths and back then i had like an mx5 i just put the roof down load it up with these long things <laughs> take them home in the garage cut them all to length have them ready and then i could go out and change arms <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, over again because that's what happened nice oh. i don't know i've got it made these 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 newbies these newbies have got it made drilling drilling holes in my makeshift dremel pillar drill like for hours on end and then having to hoover up like mm. you know and the, like the correct spacing and everything i don't i don't miss it at all <laughs> now he doesn't even hoover he has a robot to do that for him yeah and frank i've frank's joined my over you know yeah. the robot takeover jonesed into the rimba scene yeah but does it trap him out of his house no, not yet the phone board did that earlier <laughs> static bit of phone boards keeps you out well we have a saviour for the last 15 minutes well, I was I was also going to just while, while he's uh, joining the call I'll also say on the topic of kind of events uh, Clive on our discord uh, did mention it might be worth keeping the 16th of October free uh, if you can make it to the Northolt area and are interested in wing racing or possibly X-Class, I think, might be mentioned, but definitely wing racing. Ooh. So 16th of October, Northolt. Johnny Banton is here. Oh, my word. That oh my is God. an original... OG. He's an OG there, right there. The podcast. Look at that. The the oh, second sexiest man alive. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> he would crash and then run to his quad. He oh just god, he was always little, running. Little he? legs. The run great Mobius killer. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um a what of a wild uh, Belric uh, appeared. All right. Hello. Um, yeah, so you were talking about OpenHD. I, I just uh, subbed to their Patreon because I thought, why not? They could deserve a couple of quid, and I'd kind of forgotten about it. And, um, yeah, they're putting together a little a little board and a little camera, which looks very promising. So, fingers crossed, send a couple of quid their way. Nice. Mm. Yeah. See, like, when you ever you mention FPGA, I, it makes me think of the... Oh, man. The wonderful, Huge monsters. yeah, the the, the wonderful uh, open source upscaler. Oh right, Atari. right. Yeah, I think of yeah. like crazy bits of hardware used in fintech that just chew down thousands of watts and turn out a lot of heat. Um, that's the other end of FPGAs. FPGAs are kind of what you use if you want something to be in hardware, but you're really impatient and you want it right now. <laughs> you want your program to run like it was running on dedicated hardware instead of code running on a general purpose CPU. So you shove it on an FPGA and you get that massive speed boost. But you also get a ton of heat. And they're quite expensive because that they take a lot of transistors. They end up like massive chips. Um, Too yeah. big. Designing your own chip is much more involved. Is Can you run stuff that quickly on a general purpose chip? I suppose is, is the question. Instead of using FPGA, can you get a general purpose chip and run the dedicated code you need without any sort of 
Yeah, I mean, if you, going on. If, if you get like a Z on and manage to put that in your quad, sure, but yeah. <laughs> you've got other problems, haven't you? <laughs> there's, there's always dimensions, right? So it comes down to kind of complexity and cost and heat um, and speed. And if you really want to push speed, you tend to end up with uh, complexity and heat or you end up with something that's a bit more expensive. And FPGAs basically allow you to take something and lock that code straight into a piece of hardware at runtime. And you don't need to order a special FPGA. You take any FPGA and just put your code in it and plop. And if the FPGA is powerful enough, it'll run your code a lot faster. Um, but an FPGA encoding video is always going to consume a lot more power and require a much larger chip and a more expensive chip than an ASIC encoding video. And an ASIC is like taking your code and burning it into a set of, of chips and saying this is now a special purpose chip and it can only do this type of video encode. It's an you know, application-specific integrated circuit, right? So they've literally taken your code and made an integrated circuit that just does that code. Um, so they're a lot smaller, and that's what the Raspberry Pi has for these Broadcom ASICs that encode video. Mm -hmm. um, I think that FPGA is kind of a short-term solution to get people in the air, but it's going to be hot and expensive. So it's just a matter of time before someone finally forks out enough cash to get it done as an ASIC. And from the sound of it, these OpenHD guys have been talking to um, some of the SOC manufacturers, and, and they seem to think they found one that's going to do the job. It's geared towards 4K30 by the sound of it. They're in the business of, uh, well, the camera does 4K30 and the ASIC would do it as well. And they're kind of twiddling it around to say, we don't want 4K30, but can we do 1080p60? And what does that look like? And can we take the camera and take four pixels and turn them into one pixel? So we take our 4K image and we end up with a really nice wide dynamic range 1080p image where we've got lots of light coming into each pixel and stuff like that. Um, so they seem to be focusing on that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the other thing I've, I've heard about FPGAs being used for sort of recently is sort of during the chip shortages when, you know, because it turns out there's not a lot of development, not a huge amount of hardware development going on at the moment. Um, but there's obviously a lot of chip shortages. So there's people with piles of FPGAs going, what can we use these for? Um, people desperate for chips that they can't get hold of. And, and there's those two groups yeah. have been meeting. Um, so maybe we'll see sort of more adoption of FPGAs elsewhere yeah. as well. Which I'm sorry about that diversion. I have been watching a lot of bottom back episodes this week. So just... <laughs> If you want to go back to knob gags, I can have <laughs> That's something that I we can thought, do is knob gags. I thought it was just to cut your trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Are my trousers wrapped up? <laughs> is that a police chopper? They kept you down, didn't they, Richie? <laughs> Yeah. I'm I'm very lost. Uh, if anyone else is yeah. not following this, don't worry, it's not you. Uh, that's fine. Whatever's going on here, I don't know. that's fine. <laughs> it's all the all the bottom live performances. Oh, uh, what happened best. to comedy? Yeah, I oh, know. Well, one of them passed away. Oh, that's job. what happened. Yeah. 
Anyway, mm-hmm. back to the show. Anywho, anywho. Yeah. What's left of I, it? I was going to ask Curry about his Open HD stuff. He's, he's, I know you've got the radio plugged in with a USB lead there. What? So you're sending the control over Open HD instead of actually using the radio. How's that working yeah. out? It's it's working fine. It uses. I wanted to test it out to see how it would work, um, and I thought I can't be bothered to put a receiver in. I think most people would probably put a receiver in as well, just because. Um, they're probably translating over stuff, but I just wanted to see how it how it would go. So basically, it just it just looks at the radio like it's a joystick, and then it sends the control signals over, um, and that looks perfectly like a, a regular radio does. You can put it on iNav in the configurator, and you can see your sticks moving just as they would with a receiver. So as long as you've got a video signal going, presumably you've got a control signal as well. Now I'm not sure what happens at the end of the range, because the video signal tends to sort of, you know, get a bit digital and stuff. But uh, I had that happening when I was sort of on the ground, 160 odd meters away, but the control signal was still absolutely fine through some of that video blockiness. Um, so I, I think I'll probably be using a receiver on the next one um, as it was just kind of an experiment. But again, it's, it's a way of compressing down stuff because, you know, having Raspberry Pis, as I said, even small ones, can be a bit of a pain to install things especially the cameras for them and trying to fit stuff in and an extra bit like a receiver can can get in the way although receivers are so tiny these it's days. nice to have an integrated solution if it's an option i guess as well isn't it it's kind of yeah the holy there's, grail I mean, there's, of some, there's some quite nice stuff you can do and i i didn't really go into the video about the q open hd application which was the dvr ground recording because you're on the ground there you can for example put a picture-in-picture map over uh, because you've got if you've got the signal there like a phone signal um, you can sort of plot where you are a bit like you know on DJI when it's got the little map there and it's got your Mm. little dot and where you've gone you can do the same thing which is quite nifty Um, I I generally don't do it on my videos because it's like I live here (laughs) come come visit (laughs) me so so rather than that but yeah there's, there's, there's all sorts of interesting little things there were a couple of bits that were a bit quirky and not quite worky, I would say. But I've I've gone through and twiddled with little bits and pieces a bit more. So there's there's stuff to so, do. So what did you notice going from this kind of rough cut where you're on beta software to the release? There was there were some um, improvements. The OpenHD didn't move on an awful lot. They were supposed to be on version three by now. Looking back at some of their previous stuff, um, so there was a little bit better talking between iNav and OpenHD. And in fact, one of the mistakes I made is I, I had clicked this thing saying I'm using iNav, uh, which apparently made my compass go crazy because what had happened is the iNav Mavlink packets it was sending prior to 2.6 were wrong. And that was a workaround for that. And now I'm on version three, that should be fine. So that that was a little better. Um, the OpenHD stuff, I didn't notice much had really changed uh, at all that I could see. I'm sure there were plenty of improvements in that and some some GUI changes and stuff. But um, yeah, they, they still hadn't done some of the stuff I wanted them to do, like being able to mirror from a, a DSi monitor out to an HDMI and stuff like that, which seemed like it might be pretty popular. But now, Obviously, Mavlink, that's going to get you up and running if you're on iNav or Pilot. but what about everyone who's on Betaflight? I saw there's an MSP option. Is that something you've looked at? 
I haven't looked at that. And the, the other thing, it, I mean, it, it, it does mention on the website about it can take an awful lot of different telemetries, one of which was vector telemetry. And I've got a vector in one of my planes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, how's that work? And that's not, that's not written up. But it, it suggests that you could use telemetry from Betaflight or INAV in different ways or use Mavlink. Everybody in the world that is seeming to be doing range flying is, is generally doing some sort of Ardu pilot stuff. Um, so that's certainly the most supported wow. option. So but, it's um, totally yeah. the other end of the spectrum from Betaflight, really. Like yeah. Ardu pilot's super serious, then INAV's kind of in the middle. Maybe you want to mess around with your GPS a bit and beat Betaflight's like, yeah, we use the GPS if we're really in trouble. Yes, the old uh, missile to home option. <laughs> right. I like to call it. Which Race is super in the fun. face. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I haven't checked the MSP stuff out, which it's, it'd be an interesting one to check. Um, it, it's, I guess, mostly because it, it seems to be that most beta flight people we perhaps looking at the sort of fast quad racing, or not racing necessarily, but the sort of more fast needs less latency whereas inav tends to suggest like i'm more cruising around and i've got gps right. functions and so it's right kind now, of tolerant sorry sorry for... i was just gonna say right now it's not at the latency where you'd want to fly super fast quads very close to trees but it would do well on on cruising around and stuff so i don't think it's it's sort of gathered the guys that are flying beta flights saying oh is this a cheap hd solution for me yet yeah uh, that's definitely where I think everyone's hoping it'll go, but no one's mm. kind of brave enough to jump in and say, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put in some work and push it in that direction." Everyone's just like, "Hey, let's just fly around and stay a hundred feet above the ground and not go anywhere near any trees and be careful." Well, I'd, I'd, I'd hope to be able to get the time and uh, space to, to mess around with it because as soon as I'm happy flying in a big quad then my, my, my point of view would be saying, okay, well, how do we put this through to a small quad? And let's say, oh, okay, I don't, I don't care about having navigation because as mm. soon as you're in a small quad, getting a GPS plus a compass means you're on some sort of weird stalk thing so the compass doesn't interfere, which is often a pain. So I'm just happy to go a little bit more sort of um, you're not gonna- raw, if you like. Let's just, let's just see if we can get good video with minimal OSD that we need and, and see what happens if we do fly in a sort of faster, more exciting quad. Well, how, you're how long on, before we crash it into a tree? You're on PWM for your RC link, can't you, with that F450? Uh, I'm on PWM on the ESCs. Yeah. On the ESCs, yeah, sorry. So you're not going to do anything particularly crazy? No. And just getting that flying was interesting. Putting putting um, just iNav and like, let's hover. And this thing was like woo, tuning everything down, down, down further just to get it flying smoothly. Uh, took quite a long while, but it, it seems to be okay. But yeah, I look well, forward how, to putting how it on. How low was better. low? I can't remember. Pretty low. It's literally like I'll take that down. I'll take that down some more. I take. It's the first time I've ever broken a prop on that thing because it went about so much that it landed and took out one of my. My lovely props that I can't yeah. buy anymore because I don't. How make many them. spare arms do you have left for that? None. Exciting. Oh, <laughs> 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 yeah, I haven't seen one of those before. It's fine. It's it's crashed a lot. I've only broken one arm with all the crashes ever. That's surprising. Yeah. I always looked at those plastic arms and thought they're just going to snap like 
you know, coffee stirrers. They seem very strong until you're slamming them to the ground because it's quite heavy and it's got big stuff on it. <laughs> and then when you slam into the ground, it's like, that's not right. And it, my one broke because uh, the DJI bullet connectors and they're famous, like this can create a short with this type of bullet connector because it's not quite connected. And if you just hold it in a certain position, it might just flip out for a second, mm. which is what happened. So they did yeah, get replaced. I remember the bullet connectors and reading like pages and pages of blog posts about people who were soldering together these fantastic quadcopters back in the day with their bullet leads. And I'm just like, no, the hobby, I'm not, it's not ready for me yet. I'm just going to come back in a year or two. <laughs> Came back and everyone's like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. It's crazy. <sighs> okay. I remember soldering then bloody things, bullet connectors. Mm. That's really easy to take your motor off. What, what just like they were never needed at all, really. Were they? they were, you see, used to burn stuff out so quickly and destroy stuff. Well, Since some of these race guys, yeah, I can't, I some can't really remember ever when we've needed to say, Oh, hang on, I just need to swap out this ESC or this motor because what? something bad happened. What, Not in what those races? So there's there's people now who are doing race leagues and they're using the three pin version of the XT60 and MR something to swap mm -hmm. the whole motor out and just put it on plugs because they're accepting smashing yeah. arms. Quicker if you mm. if you are racing and break an arm, you can just yeah. do that. I mean, but at I've least with that, that you're not going to smack the, the connectors in short. Yeah. 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 If, you, if you're replacing a motor or an ESC because it's gone poof, then you're going to have to replace both of them. So there's no point in having the connection there electrically. Um, but yeah, if it's that you've broken an arm, then that kind of makes sense. If you're doing a quick swap over, hmm. definitely. I don't know if back in the day, the idea was, look, you can build this DJI 450 and you only have to do <laughs> nine solder collections. Isn't that amazing? Because you just had to, the, the, you got the frame and the bottom frame all flexible, came with this little sort of integrated PCB <laughs> and you just... Um, solder each of the ESCs onto it, and then you solder the uh, the power onto it, and that's it. And then you generally you were plugging in an ASA, and you say, "Look, look, it's amazing! It holds in the sky." And look, press this button, it will fly off to China. That's that was the amazingness of the day. So, do do you think the reason people use individual ESCs is just kind of inertia, and maybe the lack of reliability five years ago, rather than the fact that four and one ESCs have always been a bad idea? I well, don't. I, they didn't seem to now. exist back in the day. They they right. were a new and exciting thing. Yeah, mm. I'm talking back in we, 2012 is when I think I got that that DJI right. 450 frame, and yeah. it was like, wow, this is amazing. This is so easy to build compared to my tricopter, and it's so easy to fly compared to. So everything. people just took an, an ESC off of a plane, and they're like, whoa, do you need more than one? That's crazy. We just sell them <laughs> one by one. So it was literally they didn't exist. That's the reason people weren't using them then. Because it seems yeah. that a lot of people have really got it in for kind of four and one and oh, they're unreliable. Oh, yeah, you're going to break, you lose the whole thing and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I, th I think there was also a kind of the four in ones came in before the individual right. ones stopped blowing up, sort of without warning. And then, you know, if you're in a situation where your ESC blows up for no reason, then you're going to be a bit pissed off if that takes out all four. Um, but I think that's kind of behind us now. 
um, particularly with like the like, 32-bit ESCs seem to be a lot more sort of tolerant of bad situations, as far as I can tell. But you can't buy them at the moment, though, can you? No, yeah, they've, they've all gone. Chip shortages. Yeah, it's one on thing I've noticed. Yes, baby. Yeah, all the pro drones, like the top of the range ones, over the last couple of months have gone from BL Heli 32 back to BL Heli S. And now everyone's, including all these articles in their professional drone pages, oh, you, you can flash this with Blue Jay or you can flash this with BL Heli. You can still get RPM telemetry. Don't worry, don't worry. They just haven't got the chips for the BL Heli 32 ESCs anymore. No. No chips left. Yeah, I've, I've also heard that like the chip shortages are not necessarily. Um, sort of true shortages, but also there's like because it's sort of started happening for real. There's also a realization amongst a load of industries that ah, you can like stop your competitors from being able to deliver a product by buying yeah, everything up. Um, and so there's this kind of slightly annoying situation where people are like stockpile the chips that their competitors use even if they don't use them just to be awkward there's there's weird situations with with the car automotive things where there were chips that that have been made since the 1980s on really old processes and there were just a couple of companies buying these chips but huge companies buying them in huge quantities and they Mm -hmm. paid for the machines to be kept going and going and going and when this um, shortages came down and, and global manufacturing paused they actually paused production of some of these ancient lithography processes and when they paused that production the guys making the chips shut down the machine and took it off the floor and put a brand new one in instead so when the manufacturers came back and said can we get those chips again the ones we've been buying since the 80s they'd like i ain't got the machine anymore it's gone it's in a skip <laughs> um, so they have to like redesign circuits to do what these ancient chips could do because they've just been lazily using the same design since forever on the same lithography process, which is uh, now not something they can't produce because they've binned the machine. Mm. Lithography, the the use of repelling water and oil. Uh, no, like etching. Um, really? Okay. I never, I never knew that was a process for chips. Yeah, like uh, UV lithography. No. Oh, I'll check Maybe it I've out. Got the word wrong. But yeah, this is like chip etching when they're actually using really high frequency light to, you know. Mm. When, when people talk about like 10 nanometer or 60 nanometer, the, the size of the features they're actually drawing onto the chip. Oh, I'll check it out, man. <laughs> no, it's good. You're probably, you're probably right. I just, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, I just, I, I unheard of. A gap in my knowledge, but is it really important anymore if they're all in a skip? Who knows? <laughs> that sounds I mean, like just up your street, Jack. Like, wait right. until something from Where the 80s is, is completely useless and then really get into it. That's an attempt like to buy your, it. Yeah. Yeah. That seems well, like Jack, your Jack's MO. from the 80s and pretty much completely <laughs> useless. <laughs> Thanks. And on that note, uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, oh. We've got to do a pay, uh, bonus Patreon stream, so uh, stick around for that. If you're a Patreon and you want to go to LDO now, then uh, check out patreon.com forward slash Let's Drone Out. Uh, tonight, we have been joined by our dementia-ridden 
<sighs> Old lady Tony. Bonjour. Uh, everyone's favourite curry kitten. Goodbye. Our Lord and Master Frank. Bye. The amazing that he could do a better job on his own running LD Ho. Belric. You're all great. Thank you very much. <laughs> With an impressive moustache that could win World War One. And <laughs> I've been Jack. Bright till I fly. Thank you. Good night. Telemetry lost.